You are listening to a true gospel perspective from our Macedonia Baptist Church ministerial staff. We pray that this message will be a true blessing to you. from the New Living Translation. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. I'll be reading from the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible. Chapter 39. Chapter 39, verses 2 through 12. Chapter 39, verses 2 through 12. Verse 2 starts off by saying, The Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the house of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he So he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day day that Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar. Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was was a very handsome and well-built young man, and Potiphar wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. Look, he said, look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one has, no one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife how can I do such a wicked thing and it would be a great sin against God she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day but he refused to sleep with her and he kept he kept out of her way as much as possible One day, however, no one else was around when he went in to do his work. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. Amen. May God add a blessing 
to the reading of his wonderful word. I like to entitle this message today when no really means no. When no really means no. Have you ever said no to someone and they kept nagging at you and asking you and nagging at you and finally you said yes, fine, yes. But in your heart, you realize you should have, really should have kept your no. Well, here's a story in the Bible about a young man named Joseph. He had been betrayed by his brothers and sold to desert traders who took him to Egypt where they sold him to a man named Potiphar, who was the head of Pharaoh's security detail. He's now Joseph, far from home, and a slave in Egypt. His brothers, his brothers has abandoned him, and his father thinks he's dead. Yes, yes. His future look, up, look and appears bleak, bleak indeed. But, but there is one, one fact, only one that gives hope that his story would turn out well, even after informing us that he's now a slave in Potiphar's house. Well, it is this fact, this fact this fact that the text adds is one all-important detail. You say, well, what is that? The Lord was with Joseph. It is that fact that makes all the difference, you see. The story of Joseph's battle with sexual temptation. So together, together, let's look in the Bible and sneak a peek. Sneak a peek and see how Potiphar's wife does all she can to seduce this young, handsome Hebrew slave. In doing that, we'll see how and why Joseph was able to resist her advances. You, surely you know temptation is not new in any sense, right? Temptation is the same for us as it was for Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Satan tempts us today in the same way. He tempted Jesus in the wilderness. From the very beginning, a battle has raged for the souls of men and women. A battle that touches all of us sooner or later. Well, well, what, what, what exactly is temptation? Well, temptation, if I can bring it down to the finest, 
Temptation is an inner urge to do wrong. Yes, an inner urge. That, that hits us in the place of our own personal weaknesses. Temptation comes from the inside. While the stimulus may start from the outside, the urge to do wrong comes from the inside. And, 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 and that's important because we all tend to blame someone else when it when we, when we fall into sin. But it's not the devil who made you do it. We can't blame our DNA. Yes, yes, those things are factors in the equation. But the inner urge, that inner urge belongs to us. We can't Lay that off on people or circumstances. We do that all, all on our own. The familiar words of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, reminds us that, that while, while we, all, we all face temptation, God will always, let me say that again, while we all face temptation, God will always, I think you missed, I'm going to say it one more time, I'm going to make sure you got this here. While we all face temptation, God will always provide a way of escape. Well, that's if we're willing to take it. And, 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 and there is no better no better example of this truth than in the case of Joseph in Genesis 39. Let me be first to remind you that Joseph was just at this time a teenage boy. And if I can set the screen just a little to give you a better view, it, it, it may help. Uh, the scene is the scene is in the royal courts of Egypt. A man named Potiphar enters the room. He's the captain of Pharaoh's bodyguard and a position of great honor because it meant he was personally responsible for Pharaoh's safety. At his side is this young man, not an Egyptian, as a fact that's clear by, by his appearance. Looking at Joseph, one would say, I wonder where he came from. Because he don't look and act like the Egyptians. He's probably tall, probably a tall fella, 6'6", six, six, maybe, probably taller. Ruddy, well-built, brown eyes, blue hair. Brown hair, blue eyes, I'm sorry. <laughs> I almost got that mixed up there. Okay. And, and you know, Joseph had a casual walk, you know, yes, sir. Yes, sir. of a teenager. With a high degree of self-confidence. As he followed Potiphar, all, all, all eyes was on him. And I mean, 
Joseph had it all. Good looks, self-confidence, poise, and a great sense of humor. Yes, yes, he is, he is, he's Joseph. Wherever Potiphar goes, well, Joseph follows. They, they, they look good together, these two. Not, not father and son, exactly. Because Potiphar had purchased Joseph as a slave. Although they, they couldn't be father and son. They didn't seem like master and slave either. Potiphar, the captain of Pharaoh's bodyguard, liked this young man. He really did. But, but let me say that Potiphar was no dummy. He knew. He knew that the Lord's hand was on this young man. He had purchased as a slave. So he put Joseph in charge of his house. Verse 4 and 5 clearly implies that Potiphar was a wealthy man with a large estate. If you're counting, it was five times in four verses that mention how God blessed Joseph. There are things that we can learn from this. One is that Lost people are not, are not blind. Yes, they are lost. They may be lost in their sins, but, but even in their spiritual confusion, they can see the hand of God at work in a believer's life. Well, that's if you're living right. The unsaved may not understand, you know, our doctrine or they may not understand the Trinity. They may not understand the rapture. <laughs> but that's okay. Because I found out not many Christians do either. All right now. Unsaved or lost people may not understand the finer points of doctrine. But I find this much is truth as well. Lost or unsaved people, they, they, can, they can spot a phony a mile away. But they can also recognize God's hand at work in a believer's life. Potiphar may have followed a pagan religion, and that's true. But he understood one thing. Joseph was different. When you're tempted, it's always good to remember who you are. And not only who you are, whom you are. It is exactly at this point when Joseph seemed to be sitting on top of the world. He, but, but here comes his test. We don't know her name. Only that she's Potiphar's wife. Verse 7 lays out the situation. <laughs> Excuse me. The situation for, for us. It says she. she <laughs> excuse me. It says she looked on him lustfully. And then demanded that he go and sleep with her. 
But, 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 but not just once. The Bible said in verse 10, she kept putting pressure on him day after day after day. But he kept refusing. He kept refusing to sleep with her and kept out of her way as much as possible. She was persistent, though. She's a persistent woman. And she came back again and again and again and again. Wow, really? Perhaps she thought he didn't mean it when he said no. Perhaps she thought she could wear him down. She can wear down his resistance. Perhaps she thought he wanted to, but was afraid to say yes. So, so back she came offering him her, her, let's say her forbidden fruits. Her forbidden fruits. For taking, but, but, still, but still Joseph said no. This is a good time to pause and ask why. Why? Why? <laughs> why would this handsome young man will say no to an available woman. Well, because he was loyal to God. He said to her in verse 9, how could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. You see, these days, we, 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 we like to rename sin, you know, to make it sound less sinful. In, in, in the last few, few years, it's been, it's been quite quiet. Or folks have been, Christians have been quite quiet, should I say. Are we now afraid to proclaim what, what God says about same-sex marriages? Or should I say sin? And, and, and I can almost hear some people say in their mind, you know, preacher, you got to be careful. You better watch it now. It's law. <laughs> well, let me share something with you. Just because it's a law don't mean, does not mean that it's right. Because there's a higher court than the court that sits in Washington, D.C. And that court is never divided, never uncertain, and never wrong. Yes, yes, we show proper respect to the earthly courts, and even when, even when we disagree. But we, are, we confirm, reaffirm, reaffirm our conviction. There is a judge who cannot be swayed by public opinion and whose ruling will never be overturned. We, we say with the psalmist in Psalms 119.89, forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in heaven. 
In time like these, we, we, we need, we need an, an infusion of the Joseph spirit so that we can do what he did. What did he do? Well, he called Bible things by Bible names. Yes, he did. He called it wicked. He called it a sin against God instead of hard words like adultery. We, we use words like affair, fling, one night stand. We, we, we even call it making love. Call it what you like. Adultery is still sin. You know why? Because God said so. Re re renaming sin does not change its character any more than calling rat poison food just bread. Despite the flat refusal, she continued to subdue him day after day. Finally, she, she, she makes her move. So what do you do? Well, she's grabbing on him, pulling him down with her. It's the moment of truth. What you going to do, Joseph? Joseph knew he belonged to God. I think that's very important, knowing who you belong to. Joseph knew he belonged to God. You know, when a man knows he belongs to God, it makes the decision of life easier. If you belong to God, you can't sleep with your boss's wife. It's just that simple. Does not matter if she's lovely or pretty, attractive, available, or anything else. You just don't do it, period. No discussion needed. He didn't mess around. He didn't flirt with trouble. He didn't say, well, you know what? I'm going to see how far I can go. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say, no, uh, you know, he didn't try to apologize for saying no either. He didn't worry about hurting her feelings. Verse 12 tells us, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from her house. This, this tells us when you're tempted, act fast. You see, it was all or nothing. Either he sleep with her or he faced losing his job. He stayed cool and he got out real clean. But you can almost, you can almost hear the, the conversation that, 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 that took place when she said, why don't you stay for a while? You know, sleep with me. He said, that's nice, but I got to run. I got to go. Out of the door, he ran across the lawn, over the hedges. He was out of there. He left his butt, but he left holding, uh, he left her holding his coat, his cloak, while he ran the other way. 
You know, Jeannie Rogers sang the song called The Gambler. I don't know if you remember that. But I'll give you a few verses. It says, you got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. That's what Joseph did. He ran. <laughs> he got out of there. When temptation comes, you got to move fast. As you can imagine, Potiphar's wife wasn't too happy about this. While Joseph is running half-dressed across the lawn, she's left holding, holding his dirty laundry. Two things happen. First, she makes a false accusation. And second, Joseph is unjustly imprisoned. But before we leave the story, I need to see, we need to see how, how it ends. It, it, it's not the way you, you, you might expect. <laughs> yes, Joseph is chained to a filthy pit. And because of his faithfulness to God, he lost his job. His freedom and his reputation. He appeared to be a ruined man. But when you, when you remain faithful to God, he will make a way out of no way. Because verse 23 through 23, 21 through 23 says, but the Lord was with Joseph in the prison as well and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything, the Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. The story proves that God honors those who dare to say no. It, it, it may not appear that way at first. Uh, no, no things may not work out exactly the way you think they will. But when we all have the courage to say no to, to, to temptation, God takes care of the details. And in the end, we won't be, we won't be disappointed. Remember, it's always better to say no or stay right for the first time around. Joseph knew who he was. And that was settled in his mind and heart. He knew he belonged to God. Okay, I'm closing, I'm closing. If you're going to be victorious over temptation, we must do what Joseph did when Polypher's wife tempted to seduce him. Just say no. When you're tempted to do wrong, 
just say no. When someone says, come on, now sleep with me. Oh, take a deep breath. Run the other way. But just say no. Even when you have to leave your coat behind like Joseph did, still say no. When, we, when you feel like giving someone a piece of your mind, remember that you don't have a piece of mind to give. Just say no. Because it was Jesus Christ who stood up and stepped down from his throne and came through 42 generations, stripped himself of his glory, was virgin born in a manger. He lived and did miracle after miracle after miracle to prove and show that he was the son of God. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He fed the thousands. Then he went to the cross where they hung him high and stretched him wide. With his last breath, he said, it is finished. They took him down and buried him in a borrowed tomb. He stayed in the grave three days. But early Sunday morning, somebody said, early Sunday morning, he got up from the grave with all power over sin, death, and the grave. And if you don't remember, if you just happen not to remember anything I said today, please remember this. He's coming back. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this message today, and we pray that it was a true blessing to you. If you are interested in learning more about Pastor Charles D. Twyman and the Macedonia Baptist Church family, you can reach out to us at www.mbcdet.com. Thank you, and God bless you.